Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedlack, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today. I am here with the most amazing guest, Richard Bornstein. You're going to love him. Thank you, Rich, for being here with us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I fell in love with you the second I met you. You are awesome. Super fun. So let's give our peeps the 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you do. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now that's a very open-ended question because you know the easiest way to answer that is I'm a pain. You know that's that's the best way to say. It. <laughs> just what your wife says, or is that <laughs> <laughs> my ex-wife for sure, and any of my ex-girlfriends? But what I do is uh, I'm a marketing strategist and uh, and uh, an Emmy-nominated content creator. So what I do is I fold my experience as a journalist, um, as a studio executive, as a as an entrepreneurial business leader. I fold it all into what I do. <clears throat> These days, I'm really concentrating on creating some, some really kick-ass content for people, giving them that emotional connection with their audience, whether it's for outreach, whether it's to um, start their business, whether they're competing against the giants, whether they need a fresh set of eyes. Everybody has a story. Everybody is in business for a reason. I'm here to tell those stories uh, through video and get their best foot forward. Awesome. And you do have some epic videos and we'll get into that later. But um, how did you get into all of this? You know what? It's that is really kind of weird, at least for me. Um, <laughs> I was on my path. I was a journalist and I was going to be the greatest sports writer to ever live. And then I realized, well, maybe I'm not going to be the greatest sports writer to ever live. And I was doing some stories. I did a story on um, an actor by the name of Bill Bixby, who you may remember from my favorite Martian from um, uh, um, Goodnight Beantown. I mean, he was in a lot of different things. I mean, he, you know the name, you, you, you'd see him. Um, oh, Courtship of Eddie's father, of course. Um, and I did a story on Bill Bixby and there was some guy sitting in him, you know, that I arranged the interview with. And I said, hey, what do you do besides, you know, arrange interviews for me? And, he, and I said, can I come out and pick your brain? And he said, sure, Justin, don't just come out and talk to me, talk to my boss. So. That led me to, uh, they offered me a job at Warner Brothers. Um, and then I was on that studio track and I was gonna run a studio one day. And that was it. You know, when I got hired and, you know, from Warner Brothers, I went to uh, Goldwyn, I went to Paramount Pictures, I went back to Goldwyn, I became head of marketing. I, you know, created a bunch of um, Emmy and uh, uh, Oscar nominated campaigns, launched a lot of careers. And I went, okay, this is it. And then about, uh, at some point, Goldwyn, ceased to be the company and I was kind of on my own and I went okay I'm just waiting for the next gig and I got a call from uh, Robert Redford's organization at Sundance and they said would, would I like to help them launch the Sundance channel and I went yeah uh, you know I would and um, and I and, and again they wanted me to move to New York and I said you know what I got a young family um, I, moving to New York is like impossible so I, I realized I'm working in my in, in my shorts and my t-shirt and I'm just you know, on calls all day long. And I said, this is cool. When my kids come home, 
you know, I, I get the chance to play catch with my younger one that wanted to, and, you know, and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I said, this is kind of cool. So I folded into my business and that's really what I've been doing for the last 20 years. So basically taking my experiences to help um, assist other businesses. I still do a lot of work for the studios less these days because the business has changed, but I realized that my, my niche is really in that business area. I mean, if, if I can do it, and, and pass on the things that I do and create those stories for people, then that's really what I'm interested in. Nice, I love that. So who would you say that you serve and support? Like, who's your ideal client? Who do you absolutely love working with? My, I mean, people ask me that all the time. And, and you know, it, it's, it's a really hard question. You think, oh, you know, it, it, it's like, not, you know, if you're, on, if you're on a dating site, you know, then you go, my ideal person is this, okay? But it's a little different for business, especially for me. I just want somebody, I want somebody that's, that's committed, that has a story, that act, you know, every, like I said, everybody is in business for a reason. My ideal client is somebody that's committed to what they're doing and that really wants to get out there in the marketplace and, let, and take it on. I mean, someone that's kind of hemming and hawing, they're not going to give me, they're not going to, they're not really doing them, themselves um, any great, any great service. So I really want somebody that's committed. Well, again, whether they're a startup and they're and they're going against the giants and they're going, okay, I'm ready to take you down. Because everyone was a startup. Apple was a startup, okay? Um, you know, when they created stuff. Sprint was a startup, started in somebody's garage. So everything today is is now about that emotional connection because they've seen, they've seen that people can do it. Um, I, I go, you know, Somebody like Leaf Filter would be an, uh, an incredible client for me. Why? Because they're creating an emotional connection. What do you What do you mean you're still going up with the ladder at 75 years old? That's dangerous, Dad. As the you know the 40 something year old daughter says to him, that's an emotional connection. Okay, that's that's where really where I specialize in. So that's my ideal client: somebody that's committed, somebody that has that story and is willing to tell it. Nice. So give me an example of your favorite. Um, video that you made or produced? <laughs> well, it's like asking you, you know, who's your favorite child? Oh, unless you ask my mother, she knows it's not me. But, but, I mean, there's but, always a favorite. You know <laughs> but I, I always tell my kids to this day, they're 30 and 27. Dad, which one do you, you know, which one do you like better? And I, you know, I would say, I'm not your grandmother. <laughs> you know, uh, you're, I love you both. So um, exactly the same. It's, it's obviously we have different relationships, but, you know, come on. Um, one of my favorite stories, really, and, and, and I say this is just because sometimes, you know, you just don't, it doesn't cut through your brain. I was approached to do a, uh, Adobe was trying to recreate their model. OK, now they didn't come to me and say, hey, Rich, we want you to recreate our model. OK, that's not what happened. Um, I went through an intermediary and they said, we, we want After Effects to be part of every, anybody who's anybody, whether they're a professional or amateur or just starting out or a student, we want After Effects to be part of everybody's vocabulary. Um, we, want, we, want it to, we want them to have our software and they can, they can do gazillion dollar effects if they use it. So they came to me and said, we want you to, we want you to create this piece. It's going to basically, um, you know, we have this Oscar winner that's available to us. His name was by the name of Rob Legato, and he had just finished working on a Martin Scorsese movie um, called the uh, The Aviator. And he had, and you would think that a Martin Scorsese movie 
With Leonardo DiCaprio, they would have gazillions of dollars for uh, special effects. Not the case. I mean, it was a very inexpensive budget for that. And so I went out and did this story with Rob um, to where he talked about using Photoshop and After Effects to create these, these amazing effects for the aviator and on a shoestring budget. And he said, I didn't need a million dollar computer because in those days, that's you were thought you needed a million dollar computer. And, and, and we did the before and after, which is basically what it is. They took that video, okay? And two things happened. Number one, they were changing the business model was no longer brick and mortar. It was, you could download the software. So, you know, you weren't going to the store. They were changing it to a subscription base. That's number one. Number two, um, they were showing that you could create these, these effects that would, would no one would ever know the difference. I mean, I don't care who you were. And we showed the before and after, and we had a great spokesman, and Rob Legato has won a uh, lot of Oscars. Martin Scorsese doesn't get much bigger than him. And showing, you know, The Aviator, which at the time was, you know, a pretty big movie. Actually, I have a side story to that. So if you, you know, and I'll get back to my point, but so if you ever watch The Aviator, you'll notice that whenever you see Howard Hughes, he's in white, tennis shoes right so that was one of his signature things so my dad says to me oh I met Howard Hughes and I said you did he goes yeah he goes we used to get our haircut at the same place but the guy used to go one day he he uh had to come in the shop and I and he goes that's why I know that movie was good and I go why he goes because I met him and he was wearing the white tennis shoes and I went because nobody wore you know white tennis shoes unless they're playing tennis in those days except for Howard Hughes so he went you did a good story, Rich, you know, because you showed the white tail. I was like, really? I mean, that's what, that's how I'm judged. So anyway, <laughs> um, so that what happened with that piece is it basically changed the software industry. And of course I didn't know it. It wasn't until years later that someone said, you realize that you helped change the software industry usage. You created the whole new model for Adobe, basically from, from brick and mortar to cloud-based, which is what they are now. And I went like, I guess I did. And that, you know, it's become one of my favorite pieces because um, I realized I, I can have a transformational, uh, tra uh, transformational uh, effect on things. And, you know, schmuck boy here didn't even know he did. So excuse my language, but I just, I, I, I was just trying to do a piece. And here's the, here's the great part of it. Because as you know, everyone says you have to quantify what you do. I can't get anybody uh, for Adobe. What, what, what were your numbers before? What are they now? Let's just say that I put a gazillion dollars in their pocket and they're happy. <laughs> Let's just round it <laughs> off to the nearest gazillion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They will not tell me what their, you know, what their business was before or after, but I can tell you it's grown exponentially. And they, you don't have anybody in, that's doing any sort of post-production work that doesn't have After Effects. It's, it's like even Pond5 has After Effects stuff that you get, you know, so it's like, it's become part of the vernacular and I feel really good that, you know, we were able to change that. That's awesome. So for a, a business owner, just like regular Joe, what would make a good video? Because I'm sure there are people thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm a plumber. I'm a, you know, I own a costume shop. I own whatever. Like, how do you, how do you decide what a good video is? Well, first of all, anything's a good video if you're telling a story. You, you look, everybody has some inherent charisma. I mean, look, obviously, if you get up there and you go, yeah, well, you know, okay, it's not going to make a good video. Okay, 
But well, once, you know that there have been a lot of actors that go up and go, no, 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 yeah, 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 but made millions of dollars. <laughs> that's different. But you know, okay, but that you, you bring up an interesting point. Okay. So yes, if you're a plumber, okay, or you're an insurance person or whatever, what gives you your edge? You have to figure that out. Okay. What do you do differently than other people? We have great service. We, um, you know, it's been in the family. I learned these things from the ground up. I started out, you know, uh, hustling, you know, pipes and, in, in, you know, in huge construction. I, I folded it into my business. There is a story there. Okay. So I mean, I, I do things like right now, you would think I'm, I'm, I'm working with a couple of, uh, of doctors that are, that are trying to create, um, a new business model, okay? Now, doctors are not necessarily the most exciting people, you know, bedside manner, you know? These guys, I, I you know, I hopefully uh, draw that charisma out of them when I'm talking to them. Um, I'm doing a company in your, uh, working with a company in your neck of the woods. They're based out of Montreal. They're dealing with, a, you know- Not very close to Montreal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Some well, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> I got to tease you. Sorry. Same country, you know. Same to me, yeah. To me, it's all foreigners. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I know Montreal's not close to you. I'm just, but you know us. You know us, ignorant Americans. Anything, anything in Canada? Where's that? Oh, it's up there somewhere. Okay, great. So you know, aren't y'all? It's it's a small country, even though it's you know it dwarfs America, but whatever. It's a small. Um, but um, you know they're doing something in AI. These are a couple of young guys that have a passion and their English is not, you know, necessarily hundred percent, but I'm still able to, to drag those things out of them. That's the beauty of this because they, they, when they saw what we did, they just went like, Holy man. I mean, you're like, wow, that's us. And, you know, and, and, and there's something charming when, when somebody in a French accent says, this goes to the customer brain. Okay. <laughs> it, it's like, it's not a test of, you know, someone who speaks French, and then has to, you know, it's like English is a second language or a third, you know, saying it. It's it's getting that charisma down there so people fall in love with you. Really, actually, that's what it is. You want them to fall in love with you. You want them to say, "Whoa!" It's like it's like with you, Michelle. I mean, your your stuff is fantastic. I mean, I I see your images on your website and the things that you send out. It's like, whoa! I got to talk to her, and and that's and and that's not by accident. That's because you've thought of it. That's because you've you've uh, nurtured it and it's it's created over time. I don't think you woke up one day and said, "Hey, I'm going to have a picture that makes me look like this." No, you realize this is the image that you want to cultivate, and that's that's what I help people do. And I tell you this right now, I don't do a great job for myself. I do a better job for you. Okay. So if somebody's kind of um, like, I don't know what my story is, I just. I do the same thing everybody else does. I just do it my way. Is that enough to drag something out of, out of them? Well, them I mean, you know, I think that's where I go on my journalistic, you know, back to my journalistic days, whether I'm doing it for, you know, whether when I was a newspaper writer or whether, you know, the TV stuff that I did for, for ESPN or CNBC, you know, sometimes you have subjects that don't want to talk and you've got to kind of drag it out of them. So again, I do my best and i know i've done my research so i so i can drag it out of them but yeah if somebody looks at me and says oh i you know i, I just 
I put my pen on the paper and I, and I write. That's not a story. But if I said, well, okay, what are you writing about? What, you know, what is it that, that got you into your field? It's like, it's like anything else. You're a coach. And I don't mean you personally, but if you are a coach, why go to you as opposed to that person over there? There has to be some magic. There has to be some secret sauce. Otherwise, you're not in business. Well, I'm a coach. Yeah, okay, fine. Call me or don't call me. I mean, that's not a business. Um, and, and and that's what you, you know, you, most people know that. But it's sometimes it takes the outside source to say, okay, what made you become a coach? It's because I helped so-and-so and I realized if I could do it for them, I could do it for you. What sauce, what secret sauce did you bring to helping that person? Well, I did this, this, and this. There you go. Now, now we're on, now we're on our way to, to a story. Um, and that really is true. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business or they wouldn't stay in business. I mean, unless you're buying a franchise, a Burger King franchise and going, hey, I'm open. I mean, you have to market it, you know, and you have to and you have to talk about yourself. I mean, that's just the way it is. And if you're not a good speaker, that's OK. If, as long as you have a story, we have ways of telling your story without somebody that freezes up on camera. Nice. I love that. Well, and it reminds me of I was doing a project with uh, my partner's dad. He was about 80 something at the time and it was taking forever. It was like a four hour project. And I just started asking him questions like, hey, so where'd you grow up? What'd you do? Did you have plants? Did you eat? Like where'd you get your food from? When you <laughs> just, you know, curious about everything and anything. And four hours later, Brad's looking at me and goes, you know, I've never heard my dad ever tell us those stories ever. <laughs> like, it's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's like the magic of a conversation. And I think when somebody gets together with somebody like you, you'll draw out the magic in them. And all of a sudden, all of this mysterious stuff that you think is just normal. It's like, well, that's just what we did. It's like, that's ah, fascinating. It's fantastic. <laughs> never heard that before. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I remember what, you know, as a journalist, like if there, if there was always that little key that I knew or I tried to, like I was talking to an, an actor and I said, well, that must have been 1989. And she, and she just like lit up and she said, you, you've done your research. I got the greatest interview after that um, ever, right? I mean, I... Um, I'd, I'd heard that Kevin Costner wasn't always the greatest interview. So I, I had to talk to him about a project he was doing for Disney. And I said, you know, Mr. Costner, pleasure to meet you. I said, I just want to tell you, I, we produced the piece for the 25th anniversary of uh, Field of Dreams that played on the uh, scoreboards across the country to promote this. And he looked at me and he said, you did something that I didn't think was possible. And I said, what's that? He goes, you made, he said, you made me and my producer cry. He said, after all these years, I did not think, I did not think that we would cry over seeing a video about, a, you know, about our movie. And I, and I had, and then I had, I had the greatest five minutes that you could ask just for that little bit of, it was just, it was humanity. Okay. And that's really what, what I try to do is find that bit of humanity. And, and, um, and that's really, you know, sure. These are famous people, but that doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody has that magic in them. We just don't know about it yet. And that's what we got to cut, you know, we try to bring up. Nice. I love that. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now and thinking, oh my God, Rich, I need you so badly right now. 
Um, I think the stumbling blocks are the fact that we can't get out of our own way. I mean, I'm, I, listen, every day I get up and have a conversation with myself. Well, what's on tap for today or the night before going, what do I have for tomorrow? And, and, you know, there's, we wouldn't be human if we didn't say, you know what, I'm going to stand to the covers a little longer today, you know, or, or, you know, I really, you know, that, that garage is really messy. Maybe I'll clean it and then my head will clear. Um, or, you know what, I think I got, if I get to Costco early, um, you know, I can beat the crowds. Okay. So we all do that kind of nonsense because we're, we're, we're blocked or we're afraid. And that's where somebody like me comes in, have an introductory call to say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm doing. I just got kicked in the head. I thought I had this client. They picked my brain and they, you know, they kicked me in the head and, you know, kicked me to the curb and they said, maybe they'll call me. And I, and, and I tell them what somebody told me a long time ago when I was first starting out. And he said, you know, cause I said, God, Randy, I said, I get these calls. And it's like, he goes, Rich, learn this. And he goes, listen to me. And I said, what's that? He goes, you tell people at this stage of your career, you are paid for your brain. You're happy to talk to people. You're happy to, you're happy to meet with them and give them the benefit of, uh, of your experience because you know a lot, but you have to say, look, you're a great person, but we either have to, you know, have some sort of contract or I'm just going to have to say good luck and, you know, move on. And you really need to learn those things in terms of, valuing your time, valuing what you do, valuing what you do. And that's why if you say, if you're stuck, if you're not stuck, if you're, you're going, wow, I, I can't grow. I'm just, I'm just not growing. And, and I've been there and, 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 you know, there's certain tricks that you just have to do. And that's where some talking to somebody like me um, in my, in, in the video creation in the storytelling creation really helps. I will, I, get you over those blocks. It's like anybody talking to you, it's the same thing. You bring, you bring an energy through the, you know, through a zoom call that's infectious. And, and I guarantee you bring people out of whatever's blocking them. Okay. Same thing. I try to do the same thing where only, you know, I'm creating the, you know, the video stuff and you're, you know, you're dealing with the areas that you excel at, which are probably many. And that's, that's really what it is. And, and, um, so if you're stuck and you're thinking and we can't get out of our own way, because let's face it, we're our worst yes people. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, you're fine. Tomorrow, tomorrow will be a better day. We'll get up. The dog will like me better tomorrow and then I'll have more energy. It, when you go there, you never get out of it, right? It's like the next day and the next day and the next day. And then all of a sudden we're in a rut, you know, and then all of a sudden we got to, you know, we're seeking out a you know, psychologist going, I don't know, I'm, I'm having a crisis here. You know, it's like, no we can't afford to do that in our businesses. Why? Because it's our livelihood and it's, and it's our survival. So that's really why it's important to, to get out of yourself. Nice. So when, how do people tell these stories? Because I know in my experience, I go, Oh, is this like a Facebook thing? And I'm going to post it on Facebook. Is this uh, I'm going to put it on my website and, you know, build it and they will come. I might have zero traffic on my website, but as soon as I put up a video, <laughs> it's going to be epic. Or do you use it as a sizzle reel when you're doing talks? Like what kind of video are you recommending people put out and how do you get them to, to build their business quickly? With well, I look at it two ways. I mean, I look at it several ways, actually. Number one, you're a thousand percent right. No, you, you, you don't build it. Speaking of field of dreams, you don't build it. No. <laughs> exactly. um, 
you know. <laughs> Sorry, so it, no. was, it was your reference. You brought yeah, it up. Yeah. No, it just it doesn't work that way. Um, so it, it, it's a start. It's not a finish. So my philosophy is pretty simple. I do. Well, uh, I start. I try to start with a ninety-second to two-minute video about you that lives on your. You have a YouTube channel. Lives on your Facebook page. Lives on your website. Okay. First of all, most people are not going to watch a two-minute video unless they really like you. Okay. And whoa, I heard good things about Michelle. I'm going to go. I'm going to check this out. Okay. Then I I do a sixty-second cut down, which is for Instagram. Um, and other outlets uh, like that, platforms like that, that 60 seconds, you got a shot that people are going to look at. 30 second, I do a 30 second cut down for, um, for Twitter and teaser uh, and, and, and uh, teaser outreach. Okay. But you have to market that. Okay. You, you, whether you're, whether you're using it, you can use any of them as a sizzle reel, you know, if you're going to do uh, platforms, but you have to do the networking part of it. That was always, you know, the, the part with me is that people said, well, how are you getting the word out? I mean, I remember I met with a guy who's a pretty high powered guy. And he said, okay, Rich, you do great work. How does anybody know about it? How do they know? So, so great. It's, you know, you're a well-kept secret. What are you doing? And so it's, it's to give you the tools to what you're doing for a social media presence, for your digital media presence. So you're posting stuff. Look, when you go on, when you go on Instagram or you go on Twitter, it's about you follow, you comment, post something, post your sizzle, get people that are like-minded. Okay. So if that's 30 seconds, it's 30 seconds. If it's 60, it's 60. Push people to your, to your sites. It gives you the tools that you don't have. Look, are you going to sit there and who do you know whether you're talking to, you know, someone young or someone, you know, who, who's sitting there going, you know what, I, I, let me, let me read this, you know, 40 page brief and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Those days do not happen. There's a reason that everything is in little increments. You know, you know, our news is in little ring in increments. So you got to capture them. Boom. You got to, you got to grab them by the throat, like immediately. And that's really what I'm creating. It's like, the tools for you to get out to get out there and do it um but yeah you're a thousand percent right if you just think it's going to live there by its own and like organically take off unless your name's kardashian and you know thank god it's not uh editorial that was me it does not reflect michelle's uh things but um it, it's just not going to be discovered on its own and i'll tell you something else that's funny because i'm you and i talked about this uh offline you know, I'm not a big Facebook person because, because um, you know, any of us that are entrepreneurs, if we get too caught up in the social media stuff, we'll get nothing done. We can't get our work done because someone will be chiming what? in or whatever. Nobody's ever wasted yeah. two hours on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. hey. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid work. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking about eight, but anyway. Oh, sorry, was that me? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'll tell you this. I, I redid my profile on Facebook just just because I got more comments on that than I get, you know, like on this, you know, I, I created a, a video for a, a, a um, an organization to try to, you know, try to get a $50 million grant so they can continue on, which I thought was okay. You know, like way well done, Rich, you know, you really hit it out of the box for them. I got more comments on the fact that I changed my Facebook profile than I did for the videos that I, you know, that I posted on, on, um, you know, trying <laughs> to get something. $50 million. 50 million wow. bucks. Yeah. That's so, impressive so, so every little thing that you do 
it's a cumulative effect and you can't take any of it for granted, especially in today's world. Um, and you got to network. You got to get out there and do it. That's how you and I met. I mean, you, you know, thank you for that beautiful introduction. That's how we met. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I remember the notes that said, okay, I got to contact her just by the little elevator uh, speech that you gave. And, and I wrote it down. And then sure enough, you reached out to me and there was like a mutual admiration society. But that's where it starts. If I hadn't been out there on that call, if you hadn't been on the, on the, on the Zoom, we would have never known each other. We would have still been well-kept secrets in our lives. And that would have been the end of that. So it's all, it's all cumulative and it's all about being in business. So especially as an entrepreneur, you don't have the luxury of going into your office and meeting with 10, 20, 30, 40 people and sitting around a meeting. Those days are done. And also they're done anyway, because who's going into an office? Nobody, you know, very, you know, fewer and fewer people are going in. You can see what's going on. Therefore, that the, we have to generate everything from here. It's all from here now. It's self-generated. And um, so for better, for worse, let's go. Let's get the energy and let's do it. I love it. So how quickly, if somebody does this right, could they scale their business? I think it could be, you know, in terms of, well, it, I can create something within 30 days, you know, 30 to 45 wow. days. Um or less, depending upon, um, depending upon just you know what the schedule allows and, and what exactly what I'm doing. I think you feel it immediately. Okay, you're, you're, it's like you're in a car and you're at zero because you're at the light and you go, so you're obviously moving. Okay, it's the same thing here. A lot of us feel like we're we're running in place. We're not getting anywhere. Okay, so all of a sudden you do this. You work with you work with somebody like me. And all of a sudden now you have these tools that you didn't know that existed. And you're saying, okay, oh, wait a minute. That's one story. I got this other one over here. Oh, wait a minute. I got this other one. Hey, let's, let's update it. Let, let's do this. Hey, I have 12 clients that love me. Okay, let's put out the, you know, let's get the testimonials. Let's put it together in a nice package. All those things, all those things start working. All of a sudden somebody, you get a referral, okay? Or you're reaching out to somebody. All of a sudden you have new tools to give them then let's set up a call. No, how about checking me out? How about looking at this? How about falling in love with me first? And then let's set up a call. <laughs> well, so, no, you got to check me out first. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, going to be my new know. line. Sorry, no, I'm not getting pop. You got to check In my experience, <laughs> it's always the opposite. Fall in love with me and then, and then like peel back the layers and go, oh God, he's a complicated guy. So, um, you know. But I prefer the other way where you fall in love with me first and then, and then do it. But no, it, it, I think the impact is almost immediate. And, and even if it doesn't translate to like 12 new clients in the first day and a half, what it does is it opens up your brain. And that's really what we're trying to do is open up our brains so we're, we don't, you know, we, we can see the forest, you know, uh, uh, for the trees. And that's really what it is because who are we having the conversations with? You know, I, I talk to my dog, he didn't, you know, he's great. He, he calms me, but he doesn't really give me any business uh, tips, but that's where we are. That's where we are today. And that's why it's important also for your, for your circle, make certain you're bouncing. And I didn't really understand this. Um, Cause I remember people said, Rich, you have to mine, you have to mine M I N E your, you know, your resources, meaning the P you know, your first contacts, you need to mine them. And I thought, Dude, I, I mind these people every day. If they had work, they'd give it to me. And then my brain finally clicked on and was like, no, you moron. It's not about them 
having work for you, or, you know, it's about bouncing the ideas and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? Hey, you know, anybody that, you know, might be interested. So you're opening their brains to you as well. And that's really what business is about today. It's, you know, you can be great at what you do, but if you're not telling your story, then you're running in place. Absolutely. And I think it's telling a more powerful story because I don't know if it's just as a Canadian or people in general just do it. They just downplay their stories. Like, oh no, it was nothing. And this whole thing, no. And you can't do that when you're marketing. You have to be able to tell a powerful story that's about them. Like right. they want to buy into you. It's not about, hey, I'm all this in a bag of shit. It's, it's, you know, what can they get out of, who do they become by being able to interact with you? Right. And then it becomes a totally different scenario and, and you, people get to grow. You are so right. It's like, I, I liken it to this. And I'm guilty of this too, or I have been. Um, I've retrained myself. There the, probably the greatest hitter in the history of baseball was a guy by the name of Ted Williams, okay? And my dad used to tell me, Oh, they did this shift on Ted Williams and he was too proud. He wouldn't hit it to the other side. Of course, now they, all they do is shift for every hitter. It doesn't matter whether you're hitting 145, they're shifting. But Ted Williams will get up there because I've read, read his books and read books about him. And he'd say, I'm Ted effing Williams. You can't get me out. I'm Ted effing Williams. I mean, you can't get me out. That, that was, he was the greatest hitter. And he was the last man to hit 400. Okay, last person to hit 400 in the big leagues. Okay, why? Because he knew when he stepped up to the plate, that you were not getting them out. And if you did, it was going to be a miracle. It's the same thing in business, okay? You're Michelle. There is nobody better than you at what, at what you do. You need to exude that kind of confidence. Not arrogance, confidence. Because I don't, I don't think anybody really, I've, I've been on, you know, I've been on Zoom meetings with, you know, arrogant people, like one guy in particular who will go unnamed, <laughs> oh, hi, I'm, I'm in my vacation house. You know, I do have a 45,000 square foot house there, but I'm in my vacation house at the beach and I charge X number. You know, if you want to talk to me for an hour, it costs you, you know, $50,000. I'm going like, okay, click. I, I don't care if you, how successful you are. Really? I don't care about your possessions. That's arrogance. And that turns me off. But if you're confident and if you sit there and go, I'm good at what I do and this is what I bring and I can help you, then I believe that you're onto something. Then, then, then you're really onto something. And people sometimes mistake confidence for arrogance, but, but um, you know, my, going back to me, enough about, enough about me, let's talk about me. Um, <laughs> going back to me is, you know, I don't always like to talk shop. I, you know, I don't, I mean, and people go, no, I like your stories. You know, I like when you tell me, you know, when, you know, when you, when you, when you, we're um, at a library, a library opening and Charlton Heston was there and, you know, he came up to you and went, and you went, well, how can I help you with Mr. Heston? Oh, can I get a glass of wine? I looked at my watch and it was like 1030 in the morning and I, yeah, sure. You know, like, and I, you know, I'm running around trying to find a glass of wine so you could get through the morning. So they love stories like that. You know, it's like, you, you know, or another actor who remained, who remained nameless. We were doing a satellite press tour and it was like seven o'clock and he goes, Rich, I'm in trouble. And I go, what does that mean? And he goes, you, you got to help me. He goes, could you get, go in the mini bar and get me some vodka? And I go, I go it's, it's, it's 6.45 in the morning. He goes, it's, it's okay. It'll just calm me. And, you know, people love hearing those stories. And, and, um, and I realized I got to get out of myself. As long as, you know, I'm not bragging. 
because I don't always like to talk shop, but they're just fun little interludes, you know, or, or the time, you know, I helped launch the Sundance channel. So um, what's become Sundance TV. So when I met Robert Redford for the first time, I said, you know, Mr. Redford, it's a pleasure to meet you. I said, I went to Van Nuys High. I know you did. I'd always hope we'd work together. So he went around the office going, hey, did you guys meet Richie? And I went to high school together. I kid you not that I must have had 20 people come in and say, oh, you went to school with Bob? And I went like, yeah, about 30 years apart. But yeah, we were classmates. <laughs> I mean, come on. Everybody. But, but, but those, are, those, are, those are priceless stories. And, and the uh -huh. stupid thing that I did is that I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to remember every one of these stories. I should have written them down. I mean, great character actor that I worked with, a man by the name of Charles Durning, passed away. Um, he, he worked with everybody. He told me the greatest stories. And I said, oh, I'm never going to forget these. Of course, I've forgotten them. You know what I mean? Because I couldn't, I couldn't walk in with a tape recorder, you know, into his trailer. But write the stories down. People love them. They're, we all want to be human beings. It's like, it's like the women who said that they start their watch business um, they're because they were they, they realized there were no fashion watches um, and they went and they did some drawings on napkins at their kitchen table and it became their business now they're huge that's a story okay that's that's what people that's that's what people really that they glom onto that because it's a personal story all right and even they're even selling windows that way my husband and I started this because windows were too expensive when we were building our house and now we're you know take that Anderson, you know, Anderson renewal, because, you know, we can do it better and we have a better product. That's a story. And it's all about from here. And you're in business because of this, as well as this, get this out there, get this out there. You know, you're not, you're not on a dating site. You're on a business site. It's a whole different thing. It's time to grow your business people. Yeah. Cool. So I know that listeners are going to want more from you. So how did they start their journey with you? Um, they can do it in one of several ways. I mean, you can reach out to me at uh, richborn, R-I-C-H-B-O-R-N at westworld.com, um, which is also a great story. I'll tell you a little story about that. I'm hip today um, because I have a Westworld account. Very few people in the world have Westworld accounts because of the TV show, right? And you, know, you don't have it, right? And they think, oh, you work for that show? No. What I am is a guy who, when AOL was dominating um, emails, and dominating the internet world, my friend said, Rich, don't be an idiot. Don't go with AOL. Go with this little company in the Valley called Westworld and you'll get service and it's cheaper and whatever. So for the last 20 years, I've had a Westworld account. So I am hip and everyone says, oh, you with the show? Yeah, yeah, I'm with the show. Yeah, okay, there you go. So, <laughs> so, it's, so, it's, so it's rich porn at westworld.com is, is a great way to reach me. Um, I just keep telling him because he wants to retire. You know, the guy who owns it. I said, you got to, he goes, you got to sell me that. I've had it for, it's the only email anybody knows, you know, me, <laughs> even though I have the other ones. And he's going, eh, you got 250,000. I go, no, not an email, email address. <laughs> yeah, right. So he goes, well, then we're going to have to talk. So I said, okay. So, um, but that's, that's a great way. You can go to my site, bornsteinmedia.com, B-O-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, media, M-E-D-I-A.com. There's a contact information there. Or you can text me anytime, 818-606-2383, 818-606-2383. Uh, I mean, we all live on our phones, and uh, but me, because I'm, I'm, I'm not really dexterous typing with my thumbs, I got it set up on my computer. So now I can text from the computer. I'm much more comfortable doing that 
than I am typing with my thumbs. I never, you know, it's like, I see like my kids or, you know, other people, they're just, they're going, they're going crazy on the phone. And I'm going like, I keep having to start over. So I'm so glad that I'm a total Mac house now. So I can actually use the keyboard because I'm used to it. I mean, well, you know what, while everyone in college was writing their papers, you know, longhand, I mean, I was working on the paper, on the newspaper, and we learned how to use, you know, create on the computer. Um, I had my typewriter. I still have my Underwood typewriter that I also wrote some stuff. So I'm much more capable typing, you know, like this than I am typing with my thumbs. But those are those are the best ways. Um, or just go outside and scream and say, Rich, where are you? And I'll, hopefully I'll hear you. <laughs> and if you're one. driving right now, do not <laughs> write this down. Just go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and we will have all of Rich's information there. You can either scan through Rich or Bornstein or videos or all sorts of stuff. Whatever we've been talking about, we'll have those in the notes for you. Right. Awesome. So I have to ask you this. At what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to become an entrepreneur? Well, like I said, it happened by accident. So, you know, I was, I was, <laughs> I don't want to get into the gory details, but um, we do. I was, <laughs> we want you to. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going through a divorce and, you know, and then I, like I said, I was looking for that um, magic call, you know, I was going to get my next job and, and it just, all the things aligned, you know, it was like, people said, Rich, do you want to do this? Yeah. Oh, hey, do you want to go to Ireland and, you know, do this for it? Yeah. Do you want to, you know, you want to do it? Yeah. You want to release this? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to tell the story? So I was, you know, I was, I was probably in my late thirties, you know, when, when, it, when it all kind of hit. And, um, and again, I was offered gigs. I mean, you know, I was offered gigs, important gigs, but I realized, like I said, I'm playing catch with my kid. My kids were living with me half the time or more. So um, my big fear was going through a divorce that I wasn't going to be able to be there for the, for my kids. If I was working all the time, I didn't have that nuclear family anymore. Um, so I was really concerned that I, you know, that I was just going to be one of those exhausted fathers, you know, getting up, you know, calling London, doing whatever, going in the office, getting home at seven or eight, you know, having a housekeeper, you know, doing stuff. And I decided I didn't really want to do that at coaching little league, playing catch with the kids, you know, being able to take my kids to wherever, wherever they needed to be, um, being there for everything that they were part of was important to me and that I can make a living at it. And um, so that's really, you know, that's really, it's just a lot of factors went in and, and it was great. It was, you know, it, it, I, I have no regrets about that. You know, do I have regrets about turning down, uh, you know, big jobs say at Sony? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Cause I'd probably, you know, you know, would have made more money during the time, but, but the reality of it is no. I mean, I feel like um, the kids grew up better and I grew up better by being there for them and my life was better and it was, it, it was great. So it's, there's never a, a right time to do it. Um, the, the, the wrong time to do it is when you hear, this is just my opinion. This is not Michelle sponsored. I think these people, these self-help people are so off most of the time. Oh, you got to take control of your life. I, I, you know, yes, you do have to take control of your life, but let's face it. We're not, they all tell the same story. I was living out of my car, I was doing this and then, and, and the, the light bulb went off. No, taking control of your life to me means, okay, you're writing it, you're writing it down and you're typing it down and you have a plan and you're saying, this is what I want to do. 
and you get your vision board and you put it up there. This is who I am. At one point in my life, I wanted to be a producer. And I was having lunch with a guy. I just, we just, I just helped him get six Emmy Awards. And I said, Peter, I'm frustrated. My boss hired his girlfriend for my job, even though he's married. And now I got to find, you know, other work. And I'm really, you know, I mean, it really put me in an ugly place, you know, because I was, you know, some man used to come into my office and preach to me about, you're living with that woman. You really need to marry her. You're taking advantage of her. And I go, what, what, what? This is a, this is consensual. What are you talking about? And then he ended up hiring me. Go anyway, I was upset. And he, and he says, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd like to do what you do. I want to be a producer. I'm good at it. He goes, you really want to be a producer? And, and I said, yeah, I think yeah, I do. And he goes, okay, but you have to follow the steps. And I said, okay, give me the steps and I'll do it. And he took a spoon and he went, you are a producer. And <laughs> you have now been knighted. <laughs> and I said, and I said, now what do I do? He goes, be a producer. Okay. <laughs> Obviously I did not become uh, a show producer. I became a, um, you know, producer of what, you know, what I've become, but it's that kind of self power that you need to instill in yourself. And then you are on your way, have a plan, write it down. And here's something else. And this is where people like you come in. You need the outside, you need the outside source. Okay. So I'm a strategist and a creator. I offer a thing. Pick the right person to help you get over those hurdles, to get out of yourself. And that is really, really crucial. Not just someone you're looking up on the internet, someone that you get to know that you love, that you realize that they are going to be the most important person in your business life. Okay. That's crucial too. And that's where I think, that's why I think you're successful. That's why I think, you know, that, that, that I, that I can do good things for people is because I believe in them. If they, if, if someone decides to work with me, I believe in them and otherwise I'm, I'm not going to do it. Now they could, they could disappoint me. I mean, I had somebody that just, even though we, you know, she disappointed me. Why? Because she, she thought she knew more than she did and she didn't really live up to the terms of our, you know, agreement, but that's, those, those are exceptions to the rule. Most people, if they're committed, they know I'm committed. They know that, you know, we're in it for the long haul. It's a mutual admiration society. Awesome. So I just want to thank you, Rich, for your time today. It has been awesome and epic as always. I value and appreciate your time. So before I let you go, though, just any last words for our peeps? That, that's been awesome. <laughs> those are your last words. So just want to give you one more opportunity. No, no. Listen, I love it. And if you're if you're at that stage where you want to take it to the next level, or you're getting started, whether you're a startup or whatever, let's just set up an informational call. Maybe I can help. Maybe I can't. We can determine that. And it's just you know, my my goal is if I can make you successful, that will make me feel good. Obviously, make you feel good. And um, you know, we're we're in this together. You know, we're we're. <laughs> we're fighting the conglomerates together. Uh, although if you're a conglomerate, you can hire me as well. But um, we're, we're, we really are in this together. And I think if the pandemic taught us anything, it means we, we need to survive and we need to, we need to do it on our own terms because we never know when the rugs are going to be pulled out from under us. I mean, you know, your life was changed. My life was affected. I mean, I was on the way to, I had seven projects disappear like overnight, never came back. I mean, literally, and when, and when they closed it down in March, I was done. Oh, yeah, we're going to come back. No, they never came back. So 
that's really what it is. Let's, you know, let's, we're in this together, let's work together. And, um, you know, there's resources out there. There's, there's Michelle, there's me and gazillions of other people, but pick the right people. That's really, that's really what it is. Awesome. Go book your appointment with Rich. It'll be awesome. You will love it. Trust me. I did. It was great. Awesome. Thank you so much again. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a question or topic that you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle@awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.